All right, welcome back. Uh, tonight's guest, a fan of the podcast and an, an original, I don't know how original, we'll find out, but a fan of the Instagram account. Her name's Jackie Paisel. She has a podcast, it's called Return to Source, and it is a collection of personal lessons and messages interwoven into guided meditations. And she's out in San Francisco, I think. And she's also a writer. How, how are you tonight? Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. I'm well. I'm well. So let's just, I know you took a, a mushroom journey today. How are you feeling? We'll just start there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I only take about, well, I took three grams and I only do this about once a year. That's a lot for me, mind you. I know you. Well, once a year too, it's significant because you don't have like a tolerance. Exactly. Yeah. So that was this morning at like 9am and it's 630 now. So I'm just like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling tired, but just like really, really good. And I've just been super excited to sit down with you finally, because we've been talking about this for a little bit. Yeah. So I guess we'll back up and get a little intro into who you are. I just wanted to acknowledge mm-hmm. that you're probably still glowing from the <laughs> mushrooms. I am. Yeah. So you're out in San Francisco, right? I am in what I call the psyop. I'm kind of in the heart of the psyop. Yes. Out in uh, you know, it's funny you'd say that I was going to say the heart of the, the, the eye of the storm there in terms of what's going on gl- globally, even definitely this country, but, uh, and how would you can, would you consider yourself a centrist, a liberal conservative if you, you want to, if you even want to talk about that, if you don't want to talk about certain things, that's fine too. Because you know, I learned today, and, I, and it's actually seen a, tr- it's been a trend. Like the vax card or the vaccinated question is becoming like you, like a woman you can't ask her age. People, <laughs> I've had a few people offended by that, so I'm not, so I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to get that right out. People can figure it out maybe through the conversation. Um, yeah, but you know, you know, I d- don't you remember the days where it was like you didn't say really who you voted for and you didn't share your health history. And now it's just this, this sort of normal thing that people ask, you know, as, as simple as like, what do you do now? It's like, are you vaxxed? Who did you vote for? But it's not even who did you vote for? It's like, did you vote for Trump or did you not like still? So it's interesting, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't really like to kind of, box myself into any of those, any of those labels. I, I think, I think I'm, I, I kind of flow between all of it and, and that's how I want to be versus just, you know, being, being pushed into one of these categories that they, that they want us to be in. So I don't, I don't, I don't like to identify with, with any of them really. You were in California this whole time for the whole lockdown year and a half. Oh my God. I'm born and raised here. Yeah. So I've been in California this whole entire time. Yeah. Uh, California is so beautiful, but it's, it's, uh, it's so liberal. It's so, it it seems so corrupt from an outsider's perspective. I mean, and I'm in, you know, for the people that don't know, I'm in Florida, I'm in the almost complete opposite of what you're going Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. You know, California used to be the wild, wild West where it was like, everybody come out here, be however you want to be. Um, just so much freedom, freedom in, in so many different, you know, different ways. And, and now it's just this, 
it's just the it's so regulated and mandated now it's it's pretty bad honestly it's pretty bad but i'm born and raised here i I grew up down in southern california in san diego which is just so beautiful and and san francisco is such a beautiful just aesthetically it's such a beautiful city and i look at the ocean every morning when i walk to work and and i smell the water and i it's it's euphoric really in so many ways so I try to really hone in on those things about, um, about that, 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 you know, that, that remind me why I'm here and my whole family's here. So yeah, it's different when you, when you grow up somewhere, that's, that's yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, like people love New York, but you know, every, every person that has never, every person I've ever taken to New York, that's never really been there before. And then kind of been either, either Floridian or just never been to New York. They were like, Whoa, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And they don't want to be there that long, but, uh, you know, we're getting invaded now with people, with, <laughs> so people with, with people from New York and California. I mean, I mean, absolutely swamped here. The housing market's crazy. And every day the, the prices go up more and there's nothing on the market. And it's a, it's always a New Yorker or somebody from California. Yeah. So one of my girlfriends and her husband, they, she just went out to Tampa and they just bought a house in Tampa and they don't even have any plans of living there. They're going to fix it up. And, um, you know, maybe resell it or use it as an Airbnb or something, or maybe they'll end up out there. They actually, they actually really loved it when they went, but yeah, you know, it's, and I don't know how that makes you feel. That's probably just, I mean, it's cool. It's great for our economy here. It's great for, I mean, we love DeSantis. It's a, it's a godsend that he, he was, you know, recently voted governor like a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, you know, if it was a Democrat, probably it would be, we'd be a lockdown still just like a lot of these other states that are still, I mean, it's really scary. Just look at the world too. It's it's just, it's terrifying what's going on. And so how did you find my account? Oh, I can't wait to tell you. (laughs) And actually I was like super nervous just over the last two hours sitting down with you. And now I'm feeling a lot more relaxed. I'm drinking my tea and I've got a candle lit next to my Buddha and I've just like dimmed the lights. So, okay. So I would love to tell you this. This is so good. So in, I found you in the very beginning of the pandemic. So it would have been March, 2020. Um, I'm a dental hygienist, mind you. So like I'm in healthcare and I was, I was um, paused at work from March 12th for about six months, about five and a half months. So it was like March through July or August or September or something. Um, And in that time, you know, I was super on board initially. I would say for the first month or two, I was really on board with this whole COVID thing. I'm like wearing the mask. I'm kind of feeling the, the angst of like walking around. It was really wild watching me sort of now I can look at it as like buying into all of this, but I was very on board with this. And then the pandemic started moving along and, and my mom lives up in Mount Shasta, which is, do you know anything about Mount Shasta? You know, I know about it through Greg Braden and his work and uh-huh. you know who that is. Yeah. You turned me on to him actually. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. It all comes yeah. around. Yeah. 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 So my mom lives in Mount Shasta. It's said to be just a lot of high energy sort of like spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this vortex, um, uh, I guess where it's sort of placed geographically on planet earth. Exactly. So anyway, I was going up there a lot and, um, kind of started realizing that this wasn't, this didn't sit well within me. I was like, 
there's gotta be more to this whole thing. And so of course I start going down all these little rabbit holes. I start looking at all these books on my mom's shelf and the one I picked out, you're, you're involved in this, I'm getting there. But like the one I picked out was one of David Icke's books. And my mom's been following David Icke for like a decade. And I was like, whoa, this is super interesting. So I start kind of looking at him on Instagram and then somehow I just ended up on your page. And when I was looking at your page, I just remember, I was also kind of taking some low dose mushrooms up in Shasta and my mom. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. It was just amazing. And then I start, and then you, you in somehow I found that 5d consciousness account. Right. And then I started listening to the two of you and I just felt like, okay, these, this, everything's hitting, everything's hitting at once. It was crazy. It was so crazy. And so I'm like, these are, these are, these are my people really. Like I, I need to start um, gravitating more towards these like-minded people and Instagram is so beautiful for that in that sense. And so I just started listening to you and I just like love your voice. And I started listening to the the podcast and I would just remember like laying in my mom's front yard. She lives on an acre and a half. And I would just like laugh so hard at some, so many of these things you were talking about. And, um, and yeah. And then I reached out to you and I flirted with you. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I, and I said, I don't do long distance. That was my big hang up. <laughs> I think I wrote, I think I was like, I, w- I want you to take me on a date or something. And it was just like a silly little like thing to kind of like get you to notice me maybe. It, it definitely helped because I don't, I didn't, it was, I don't look at Facebook ever. And that's what the, you went through Facebook. I never, ever look on oh, Facebook. Like, okay. Okay. And it just popped up and it's like, uh, all, yeah, all that stuff. It was very flirtatious. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just see what this is about. But yeah, long distance. It's like, ah, totally would. But yeah, long distance is not, it's not a thing I do. Well, I remember you asking me my age and you were like, oh, you're, cause I'm 36 and you're like, oh yeah, you're of appropriate age. So at least age, age appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of just that, that's how I found you. And I just love, I get super excited when the, when the new podcasts come out and I just, I notice your account though, is kind of going off and on and off and on. Well, yeah, because for one thing, it was actually taken down. And I thought the main account was gone for good. That was a few weeks ago. And I was, I kept submitting because you have the, you know, when it's shut down like that. And I mean, they didn't wipe it out for good because there's a point where they do wipe it out and there's no chance of uh, even sending a message about it. And I had reached that point where that was completely shut down. I didn't have access to it, but I could still send them like, uh, I forget what they called it, but messages where you could file, file not, I forget what they call it. It's too bad. I can't remember. But anyway, the point is I could say, I said, I was begging and pleading. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's a satire account. I, at a minimum, I just need to get on there and just, I need to, I need to download some messages and I, all the people I follow. Cause that's the thing too. Like you have to rebuild your account. It's, it's not even about the followers. It's about all the content, especially if you have an account that's been there for a while that you lose with stuff you posted that you know, and I have a lot of it backed up on other mediums, but Instagram is the, is like the ground zero for the content. So, and that was, you probably found me at a time when I was going conspiracy crazy because before that I didn't do that. It just pushed me to the edge and I just had to say something. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I definitely was getting into these conspiracy truths is what I like to call them. And I was just really resonating with like a lot of the things that you were posting. Yeah. So I, I didn't know you prior and I didn't even know the podcast prior, but when I've, when I've kind of scrolled down to some of the older podcasts, like, yeah, the content is very different, but um, or not even, it's not very different, but it's just, it's a group of people too. It's that that's actually kind of like a, that's, I, I see it that way. And a few of the other ones have, but like, it's a, it's a cross stream of we're our own little universe of like people that are like higher consciousness and conspiracy theory, but it's not theory. It's being proven to be fact. Mm -hmm. The Alex Jones is right. Jar is getting very full. Mm. So were you a save the children person? Did you go out and uh, go to the protest? Did, are you an activist in that? Do you go and do any of that stuff? You know, I went to, there was a women's march like in, in San Francisco. Um, I mean, I hated Trump. Let's just put it that way. Well, that was another one of my questions. So have you gone from hating Trump to liking Trump? Do you even like Trump now? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have gone from hating Trump to really being like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what to really believe. Cause I float back and forth between like, and vacillate is he, is he even right. I keep that, but you know, and I'm yeah. like, but, but I, but what I will say is I think that there has been some, some really good things that he did. And I also know that if he were president, this whole, this whole thing would be looking. Oh, very, it would very be, it, right it would be very different. Your gas prices in Afghanistan, all these things wouldn't have happened. The, the globalists, I think, in my opinion, are totally tanking our system as fast as they can mm -hmm. um so but i'm I, know, I guess then you're not a q person because if you were a pretty liberal person before this started you probably wouldn't have been a q person i wasn't then and again i don't i i don't like to kind of box myself into these things um but i'm far more familiar now with that movement and um, I talked to my mom a lot about this and, and I, I, I don't even, I don't know if even cute, you know, I'm kind of in this weird place where I'm like, I don't know what to believe. And even with Q sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay. A lot of these things are be proving true still. I mean, look at all the people still resigning to this day. Q, Q was wa saying, watch the resignations. The whole thing about QAnon is just, Q is just information. It's sometimes you're, you're getting, getting it from people who are putting their own filter their own wrong filter over the information interpreting interpreting it their own way so mm -hmm. i think it's woken up a lot of people i don't think it's over i think it's still you're watching it happen as we speak like i said people resigning and you know, a lot of things in the media aren't reported like it, it, is california the disaster it's, it looks like on tv with tent cities and um oh, it's so bad yeah i mean it's, it's uh, bad. shit everywhere in the streets and and syringes there's needles everywhere. Yeah. It's, you know, in San Francisco, I, I live out near the water. I'm in like more of a residential area at the city actually. So I'm pretty far removed from a lot of it. But when I go downtown and I worked downtown for 10 years until I moved out here a year ago. Um, I mean, it's unrecognizable. You would not even, I mean, there's, yeah, there's tents everywhere. I mean, it's a cesspool. It's, it's horrible. And, you know, I have to really be mindful sometimes because if I get a parking ticket, I'll be like, it'll really affect me. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay this $83 parking ticket when literally these people are down here shitting, shooting up right in plain sight. It's just like this yeah. very weird dichotomy for me. And um, and then that's just when I have to reroute and and come back to what I know to be true and and why I'm here. And, and um, 
you know, I don't know if I'll be here forever, but yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's pretty gross, honestly. And it's really fucking expensive. I can say the F word on here. You can say anything you want on here. Okay. So, you know, so I don't know. I'm, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know where I'll be or, or, or where I'm, you know, but, but for now this is home still. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of beautiful things about San Francisco for sure. Oh yeah. I like, I, I'd love to live there, but it, it, this has been the wrong year to move there in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just, but, but then, then again, I was like talking so much shit about New York last year and people are like, Oh no, it's not like that. It's just like that in the city. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well the media that doesn't make it out to be that way. Yeah. You know, I read an article though recently that said something um, that San Francisco has had more people leave in droves than any other city in the United States. So people are getting out. Um, I guess the tech overlords are getting their way to push all the people out and and just make it a big robot city. Yeah, it's so crazy. And I think that these people can work from home um, on the same salary and they're going out to like places like where you are, Texas for sure. And, you know, even up to Lake Tahoe and just buying all of this land to be able to, you know, get the San Francisco salary, but not have to live here, which is kind of fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I, I, that's one of the things my realtor was like, he's like, yeah, people are just buying houses and claiming it as a, a residency. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see your podcast. I, li- I listened to a few episodes. It's like, I like the music choices. Where do you get the music from? You know, I have so many little Spotify playlists and these are just, these are just songs that I have, you know, found on different meditation playlists and, or things that I've, somehow collected and then I just go on iTunes and like buy the song and then do the do all the fancy software and then match it I'm still learning this very much so yeah it's a little bit of learning curve but once you get there it's uh-huh. uh it's fun too what do you use to make your podcast what's your equipment set up in your audacity is that the program you use so I use the program audacity and then I have just like this little external mic and these um pretty good headphones actually whatever joe rogan uses i use because i went and just and they were cheap i just went and bought whatever he uses and they're like the best oh cool now what is now with audacity i do i just record straight into rock band and then i put all my edits into it that way i how, how did you learn to it like where did you just like say how to make a podcast and it said audacity like yeah i okay. basically <laughs> and, and actually during the during the when i was off work for all those months I did two things. I researched like hell how to teach myself basically the software. I just did it all on myself, on my own. And then I also researched how to grow mushrooms. So I have had two flushes of mushrooms over the last like year and a half, which have been amazing. Um, but yeah, those were kind of my two rabbit holes I went down. Um, is it, a is it legal there now? Uh, psilocybin? It's not legal. I decriminalized. I think it's decriminalized in, in, you know, I don't even, I have, I have absolutely no idea. Like how, like how many grams or ounces, you know, I don't know, but. Interesting. I love them. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this going into your mushroom trip today and you don't have to answer the questions if you don't want to intentions. Did you have any intentions? Uh, I always tell people to have an intention before they go into a trip if possible. You know, I woke up this morning, I had no intention of even um, eating them. And I sat down like I do every single morning and I just meditate and I, I have a little ceremonial tea practice that really um, calms me. And I just sat down and this song, do you know Ram Das? Of course. Oh, yes. 
my mom saw Ram Dass. She has seen fucking everyone. She saw him in San Diego um, in the 80s and he was barefoot and did this just like amazing talk. And I was telling her today, I was like, all the spiritual seekers, like all the spiritual people are all dead now. And I'm like, and my mom's seen them all. But anyway, so I, he came in on one of these songs that I was listening to while I was meditating. And then it was just this spark in me. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take three grams of mushrooms today. And I, I do the lemon tech, um, which nice. I mean, we've talked a lot about. Yeah. And I, uh, my only intention was just to be open. It you was, did. Wait, so you did three grams lemon tech. Yeah, dude. It That's was intense. So intense. That's too much to do lemon tech. I, uh, but then mm-hmm. again, I mean, once a year while lemon tech like that, that's a rocket ship. Oh yeah. I blasted off today. How long did it last? About, I would say about three hours. Yeah. That's the, that's the other thing about lemon tech is it's much quicker. So it was just so quick, but that's yeah. what it intends three hours. And this is why I only do that for like, like once a year. I mean, I'm, but it was really, really beautiful. And my, my only intention was, which is usually my, always my intention is just to be open. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was really beautiful, but what, also, what, what was the big takeaway? Oh yeah. So the big takeaway, I'm so grateful for my mom. Cause I just talked to her for three hours today before talking to you. And she was pulling this all apart with me, but my you know, I, it was, it was family stuff, honestly, um, which would be too much to get into, but it was just, it was just some things with my sister that are needing some healing and, but it was so beautiful. And, you know, you know how it is when you come out of these things, it's it's like, it seems so simple when you put it into language, but it's actually like been so profound. And I just have such a deep appreciation for my, my mom and my dad and my sister and my family. It's just like, I'm just, I just like have all this love. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a good feeling after mushrooms, the glow. What what kind of uh mushrooms? These were, I think these are just golden teachers. Nice. I like golden those. teachers and B plus. And to be honest, I accidentally got them all mixed up. So they're all in the same jar. Excellent, excellent. Now do That's you expect okay, right? What's that? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you experience a nauseating come up? How, how did it go? You know, I don't actually. And I, I think the lemon helps. It, it does. That. So do you just do like in a shot or do you put it in tea? I do it in a shot. Yeah. It's a lot of, how much of a, the lemon do you actually squeeze a half a lemon, a quarter? Half what do you, a lemon. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. Wait, that I was, had like a small snack beforehand. I think I have it pretty dialed in to know at this point. Right. That- you know how I'm how I'm not going to get nauseous or anything, but now I didn't have any of that. So what about ayahuasca? Yeah, so I've sat for four ayahuasca ceremonies. Very nice. The first three were in January of 2020, so just before the pandemic. Oh I wow, really, you've recently had a bunch. Okay. And I really feel like I was sort of my subconscious or something was prepping me for what was coming. And so I sat for three ayahuasca ceremonies in January. And then in February, I went on a Vipassana 10-day meditation retreat. Oh, nice. And then in March, the pandemic hit. And I was also coming out of a long-term relationship right around that time. 
And so it just was kind of like everything came crashing down. Next yeah. Thing- Next thing I know, I'm being rocked like a little baby in Shasta by my mom. I'm just like in her arms. It was just really, really, really intense. But then I'm finding you and I'm finding all these other spiritual texts that are just kind of coming to me. And so when people talk about this awakening, and if you could see me, I'm putting that in quotes right now, because I don't know how I like that that term, but I guess that just is what it is. were, Were you having a dark night of the soul prior? You know, I was for a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I feel like I'm just coming out of it. It's not like even complete by any means. Mm-hmm. Butterflies just barely creeping out of the cocoon. Mm-hmm. Are you goo or are you butterfly or worm or caterpillar? What are you? Not worm. That was the wrong one, but caterpillar. Mm, I think I'm butterfly. Mm. Would you Which consider, people- would you, would you consider yourself enlightened? No, far from it. Well, let's define enlightenment though. How would you define it? I guess, I mean, I'm looking at my Buddha right now. So I guess, I guess. Well, I full of, enlightenment then, is that what you consider? Oh, the, good point. Versus like, you know, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Awakening is, you can awaken to the fact that, you know, there's a giant conspiracy to depopulate the planet. That's one thing. But then there's, you know, spiritual awakening with, you know, whatever you consider higher power, God, source. Mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself have of having a deep spiritual waking via um, a peak experience that was either chemical induced or non-chemically induced, like uh, some people just have peak enlightenment experiences through grace or, yeah, they sit in meditation, they do yoga. I know you're a yoga teacher too. What, what, what do you have in terms of uh, experiences like that? Yeah, you know, I think, um, let me kind of see how, how to word it. I think yeah, I like how you just said actually like full enlightenment. Yeah, versus and, like you can have like a mushroom trip where you can realize that we're all one or on acid. You can, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're going to come out of it and maintain that state of being, but you can retain a ton of that and know that at a certain point, okay, I need to work towards that again, but maybe naturally. So have you ever had a peak experience on, like I said, a chemical or non chemical? Because some people are just sitting for Kundalini or they're breathing or they're yeah. doing yoga and they have an instantaneous, like sad guru story. It's like he was just sitting there and he was like, he didn't move for days. And it was just an instantaneous thing that just happened. There was no rhyme or reason as to why. So have you ever had anything like that happen? Yeah. So you know what? So I was in a car accident when I was in college. That was, that was, oh, you actually read this article um, that you had talked about, I think in one of your episodes, but right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of your story too. Yeah. So I was in this car accident when I was in college and I broke like 15 bones. I really should not have survived this, but by the grace of God, my head was okay, but I broke a lot of bones, bones heal. Um, my roommate and very best friend at the time, um, she suffered a traumatic brain injury. And to this day, she's actually in what they call a vegetative state now. And this was like 15, 16 years ago. Um, and what happened after I kind of uh, physically healed through that whole experience. I was, um, and that's not, that's even taking away a lot of like the emotional healing that is still, is still happening for me. But when I started to physically get better, I, I, I took one of my very first yoga classes and this is kind of what put me down this path of yoga. And this really broke me, broke me open. Um, I was in this pose called camel pose, which is like one of the deepest back bends that you could, that you can really get into. And you've got your head below your heart. So, so you've got all this blood rushing to your head and, and 
can make you nauseous. There's all sorts of things that can kind of come up out, come up when you're in this pose. But I was in this pose about a year after my car accident. And when you come out of this pose, there's just this surge of blood and this surge of energy. And I just started weeping in the middle of this like 50 person yoga class. And it was so intense. And I was only about 23 years old at the time. Um, but that memory sticks out to me significantly because it also showed me that there was actually a lot of this emotional stuff that was still stuck in my body. And that was sort of the, the first thing that kind of started to navigate me down towards just this physical movement meditation of yoga. So that's kind of where that all sort of, sort of started, I, I would say, but, but then, you know, if you kind of fast forward up up until like even doing ayahuasca, I never had a big profound experience on ayahuasca. Like a lot of people, like you weren't laid out seeing ancient, um, imagery, you know, like what was, what was the, what was the ayahuasca experience like? Do you know, it was, it was more mild the first night for me. Um, the second night was more, was a little more intense. It was, but it was very, where, where where was it? Where'd you do it? Like, so I did it about two hours North of San Francisco with with a circle that was recommended to me by one of my dear girlfriends. Was it a bunch of white people or was it, it was like a real ayahuasca? Yeah, no, it was like, it was the, it was such a mix of people. It was, that was my favorite part about it actually, is there was a woman from Iran who was sitting next to me and she, she was, she had a huge part of, of my, she was a big part of my experience. Um, no, I drove up, I saw a Tesla, I saw a beat up van. I saw a guy get dropped off in a taxi. Like it was like all of these, this whole mix. And I was like, this is really cool. But I will tell you, um, the Vipassana meditation for me, that was the other one. Yeah. That's explain that, that to people who don't know what that is. That was the biggest for me. Um, which is so beautiful because you're hundred percent sober, which I just love. Um, but basically it's a 10 day, um, silent retreat. So there's no, there's no eye contact. There's definitely no talking. You're not doing any yoga. They don't even really encourage you to stretch, um, or do yoga poses or anything like that. They want you really just to sit in silence for, I mean, you're meditating in quiet for about 10 to 12 hours per day. Wait, you know, let me, let me stop you there. Now, are you one of those people that can sit Lotus? I mean, I can, but not for 10 to 12 hours per day. That was going to, but my, but that was my always concern. It's like, oh, well, I know I could just sit there, but I don't know if I could sit in a certain position. So what are you doing? Are you shifting between different positions for 10 hours? What do you, how do you do it? So, so what, what I do and what a lot of people do is first of all, the first day is physically you're okay, but just by day two, you're seeing people with 10, 15 pillows propping themselves up. Um, it's really just about getting your physical body comfortable because once you're comfortable, and some people, they really don't want you laying down. Um, but some people were sitting in chairs versus just like on the floor. So there's all these props that they give you just yeah. to get your physical body comfortable because we can't get to a still place in the mind if we're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and that's actually what deters most people from, you know, away from meditation is because they, they're just so uncomfortable just to sit. Well, that's, you know, the beauty, that's the beauty of floating. We're not going to get into floating just yet. Have you floated, by the way? I was going to talk to you about that. Okay, well, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We want to stay with the Vipassana. Okay, perfect. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that I feel like the Vipassana was setting me up for really what was to come. So that was in February of 2020. And it, I felt like I could do anything by the end of that. I mean, it was it was excruciating. I went between 
sobbing and then also feeling I did this in Yosemite, which is up in up in the mountains here in California. Stunningly beautiful, just in the trees. So you're in like a room with a bunch of people or how does it lay it out for me? So all the rooms, so um, they separate the men and the women. So the men are on one side of the property, the women are on the other. And we all have our own rooms, actually. We share a, we share a bathroom, but we all have our own rooms. And you're essentially just, you're walking by these people. You're, um, you're definitely so hard to explain because there's no, there's no external, there's no, no phone. There's no phone. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no talking. It's and what are you eating? Like rice and fish heads? No, you're eating the most amazing <laughs> food. Like the most amazing that the food was like the best part. Like it's, it's, what was it? What was it? We're dying to know. It was just like vegetarian. It was all vegetarian, but it was just Sounds like, boring. You got to make it happen <laughs> for me. I know. I know. It was, it was delicious though. It was delicious. Did they give you soy sauce? Um, all the sauce. There's oh, dessert, nice. Okay. There's dessert, there's sugar, there's coffee, there's tea. Were like, people smoking cigarettes? Um, no, actually. That's good. Uh-uh. But, but anyway, yeah, you, you're essentially the Vipassana practice is there's, there's a, there's a technique to it, but the first three days you are literally focusing on your upper lip for three days. And it's, it's just the breath coming in and out. And you're, there's this little triangle kind of above the lip that includes your nose that you're focusing on for the first. Now, when, when you're sitting for meditation, what's your technique? Do you put your tongue to the top of your, the roof of your mouth and breathe through your nose? How do you breathe? What do you do? Like when I'm sitting solo or like when you're in Vipassana? Yeah. What are you doing in Vipassana for 10 days? How are you like, are you breathing through your mouth or through your nose? How are you breathing? So so you're breathing through the nose and you're not altering the breath in any way. So it's not like five counts in five counts out. They really tell you to to throw away any sort of ideas you have around meditation, anything that you're practicing prior, throw it all out the window and just dedicate to this specific technique. Are you watching your mind? Are you, what what are you doing mentally? Oh, it's insane. Mentally, I felt like I was in an insane asylum. Yeah. (laughs) It's just constant. It's just coming at you from all angles. And like I said, I would cry and then I would get frustrated and then I would just be in this state of bliss. You know, by day four, you learn the, the technique, which is the body scans. So it's a body scan technique. And you're doing that for the rest of the time. And I'll tell you, when I got to day five, I was like, okay, this is why I'm here. And it just, it just made sense to me. The colors were brighter. I mean, you, you feel like you're on a low dose, um, a a low dose mushrooms actually. Right. So it gets to a point midway where it's like bearable or does it get worse and worse and worse? For me, it got better and better. And by day 10, I didn't want to leave. Nice. So crazy. Yeah. And how was that, uh, transferring back to, you know, the speed of modern society, especially San Francisco, the, the tech capital of the world hearing your own voice. I mean, I, I was, I was talking really slow. Um, it was odd to hear my own voice for sure. And they do say to at least take the next day off, have like a full day that you don't have to get right back into work, but like, I have to work, I have to make money. So I had to go back, you know, I took like one day off in between. So it's intense. Yeah, it's intense. But I, I was thinking today, actually, that I really want to try to do this once a year or once every couple of years. So I'm going to apply to another one this nice, nice. I'll have to carve out the time for one myself. Um, so does doing a 10 day Vipassana make you a better dental hygienist? Oh my gosh. I think it just makes you a better everything. 
because you are you got to be you know i think about jobs and that's one of those jobs it's like you're not quite the dentist so you're not getting the dentist money but you're doing like the grunt work of the dentist you know what i mean like that's at least how i think about it how do you you know what i mean do you ever think about it like that yeah i mean being a dental hygienist is that's the hardest that's so hard it seems it's hard, but it's also like, you're a therapist. You are like, you're listening to these people and you're not listening though. You get your, you got tools in their mouth. (laughs) Well, so that's what I was actually just going to say. I love to talk. So this is like the perfect career for me because I essentially just chit chat the whole time. Uh, They they have to listen to you. They have to listen to me, but I will say, this is why I run over with my patients all the time though, because if they want to talk, then like, I'll just sit there. I'll sit there as long as I can with them. But I've had, I've had a patient tell me he was leaving his wife and she was in the waiting room. I've had like, Oh my God, the things that have happened to the chair, multiple multiple dates in the dental chair. It's like, it's, you just never know what you're going to get. And especially multiple in, dates. What does that mean? You know, I've had, I've had multiple like first dates in the dental chair. Oh, like um, guys ask you out. Kind of, but not that they ask me out. It's like, I can tell they're interested. They're asking me everything that you would ask on a first date though. Mm-hmm, you know, where are mm-hmm. you from? What else do you like all that? Right. Right. It's well, funny. yeah, no, you must be a very charming, uh, really luck of the luck of the, uh, the roll of the dice there. When you show up and you're like, Oh, this is my dental hygienist. Holy moly mackerel. <laughs> it's, and she's enlightened therapist. Oh, even next level. Do you get your teeth cleaned every six months? I try to. Um, it, it, one of the things I want to ask you about is weed smokers mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm, sh- I'm sure you encounter that a lot, right? Especially being in San Francisco or, or do you just see a bunch of, do you like working some high, highfalutin place that doesn't see any uh, scumbags off the streets? No, 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 I see it all. I see it all. Do you? I would say as far as weed goes though, um, so many patients come in so stoned. It's really funny, but, um, the only thing associated with that would just be like, there's staining on the teeth, but I can get all that off. What about the dry what? mouth though? And the gums and the, and the, you don't see that. Cause that's a big problem with super stoners. Uh, sometimes I do. Yeah. And so there's different things that I'll recommend for, for my patients that smoke a lot of weed. What do you yeah. recommend for a super stoner? So for a super stoner, asking for a friend. <laughs> So there is a rinse called biotin. It's a dry mouth rinse, which is kind of like a saliva substitute. So I encourage, and saliva is super important because, um, it's the natural way it, it basically it's, a, it's a, it rinses our mouth and our teeth out just naturally. We have really good calcium and phosphate minerals in the saliva. So when, when we have dry mouth, we're not getting that natural rinsing. Um, which so, so we'll see sometimes with dry mouth patients, um, definitely a higher risk of cavities, um, more gum bleeding, but this biotin rinse is amazing. Um, you rinse with it before you go to sleep or like as needed, and it'll help like waking up in the middle of the night, that really uncomfortable feeling, but it also is really good for the teeth and the gums. What's it, what's your favorite toothpaste? I use Sensodyne. Does that have fluoride in it? So it's, this is the thing it's, there is, there is a small amount of fluoride in it. Um, and my mom's a hygienist too. She's going to hate me that I'm still using fluoride and I don't, I don't really want to use fluoride, but it really helps with my sensitivity. So my teeth are super uh, sensitive. Where do you think your t- uh, tooth sensitivity co- comes from? Is it, you know, well, I, I don't know. Where does it come from? What do you think? The tooth sensitivity? Yeah. Just in general for people, does it something that you inherit with your diet and your, or is it genetic or, you know what I mean? There's so many, yeah, there's so many things. Um, For me, I think it's just grinding and clenching over time can just, you wear the enamel down a little bit. So I tend to grind and clench. Most of us do actually when we sleep. Um, So that can make the teeth more sensitive Um, thickness of the enamel, which is, this is kind of boring, but 
No, it's not. I'm, no, if, it, if I'm sure? asking the question, it ain't boring to me. <laughs> I'm asking the question. Yeah. So it can also be genetic. Yeah. Different people have thicker enamel than others. But back to what you were saying about how like the weed, like how does that that present in patients who are super, what'd you call them? Super stoners. Super stoners. What's more um, apparent though is like I can pick a cocaine addict. All right. That was going to be my next question. Like, do you see other um, oh, like yeah. meth? Meth obviously is another one, but yeah. you know, people using drugs in their teeth. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, because it starts to, it, the teeth get this kind of glassy kind of brittle appearance and you'll see it with like heroin, cocaine, meth, for sure. Those are kind of the main ones. Do you have any stories that stick out? Um, I have this, well, this isn't drug related, but this is a pretty good story. Right. So, that's all I care about is a great okay, story. So this is a good one. So I tend to like, see that men have a much more difficult time in the dental chair than women do. And th this is, I love men. This is not a, this is not a dig on men by any means, but even like the guys that are like really strong and burly and like these masculine men that come in, they have a really hard time in the dental chair. They're kind of freaked out. And I had this guy come in, um, who's one of my favorite patients now, but he's, he's, he's from the inner city kind of part of this part of the city He's from kind of this rougher area. And he, told me that he had just been shot in the stomach like two months ago. And so he comes in with this limp. And so he sits down and he's like in his thirties and I don't get into why I don't ask questions. I just do my job, mm -hmm. but I go in to start to clean his teeth and he is bouncing around all over the dental chair from every little thing I do. And I'm not kidding you. I'm like, wait a second. You literally just told me you just got shot, but he could not get his teeth cleaned. Like it was, so it was just this whole thing. And I, it's interesting though, because I see this a lot across the board more. It's like, I feel like women are just tougher. I mean, we have to give birth for fuck's sake. Like, I just feel yeah. like women are tough. <laughs> so well, I don't know. I say, you know, women are superior because the man comes out of the woman ultimately, you know what I mean? It's not like men create the women out of their bodies. It's the opposite mm -hmm. by that, by that fact alone. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, so anyway, back to the teeth. Uh, that guy couldn't handle it, huh? He just couldn't handle it. Have you ever seen, I mean, God, just so much respect for you because you, you, not only is it like a physical, you know, your wrist and your arm and your back and you're leaning over somebody's mouth and then their BO or like me, mm -hmm. I, 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 I can't smoke weed before I go in because I don't want to stink up the office like a skunk, stuff like <laughs> that, you know? So it, you, 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 I did it. I would encounter people at the float center. I'm like, oh God, I, I, to be honest, I really didn't like dealing with the public on a, on a, like, it was like a lottery system. Like who's going to come in? What's it going to be like? Mm -hmm. You know, like what, are, what's my date going to be like when it's a schedule of people I've never met before. Mm -hmm. Like some days the schedule would be people, and maybe this happened as a hygienist too. Like there's two or three people in the schedule that you've already cleaned their teeth before, but some days it would just be just members. And I'm like, oh, I can just chill and just hang out with the people. I already know these people, but I, I, truth be told, I wasn't a big fan of the randomness of what walks through the door publicly. And yeah. so much respect to you who has to get to that. I mean, that's one of the most intimate levels, you know, right. an, an orifice, right? That's an orifice. You're going in there and it's like a very intimate one, all the stuff they eat. And I don't drink tea or coffee for that reason, but I don't think the weed smoking helps, but what's the best thing somebody can do to whiten their teeth? 
So I always direct my patients just to first over the counter. So there's crest white strips, but please know that if, you know, oh, if, the, if yeah, they make them more sensitive, right? They what now? Don't they make your teeth more sensitive? Some, some patients have issues with it and some actually don't at all. Um, but the crest white strips is a very low percentage of bleach over the counter. So that's where I like to get people to start because then you can see if you have the sensitivity with it or not. And if you don't, then you can take it up a notch and you can do the in-office whitening, which is a much higher percentage of bleach. Ah, so some people though are so sensitive, they couldn't do that higher level. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, but you know, at the same time, a lot of, I just want to say like a lot of people think that just bleaching your teeth is going to make your teeth white. But if you're, if you're consuming, um, you know, red wine, coffee, oh yeah, you got to have the li lifestyle change. It's got to accompany it. Yeah. Or just come in every six months and I get the pigment stain off and then you can bleach your teeth. I always say bleaching right after a cleaning is really the best time to do it. All right. I'm going to get all that set up. Uh, I use both, by, by the way, I found this new toothpaste is called Boca. You ever heard of it? B-O-K-A? No, but yeah, send it to me. I'll, it's I'll... like, uh, it's hundred percent biocompatible, non-toxic, contains aloe vera and a bunch of other stuff. And it supposedly it has no fluoride and it like rebuilds your uh, enamel. Okay. It's so, time for me to change. I got to get off what I'm using. I just found it and people rave about it and I, I like it, but I'm not an expert. You know what I mean? So but I, I don't care about, I don't, I don't like fluoride. I'm not a fluoride, I, a fluoride enjoyer. Good. So, um, cool. Well, calcifying the pineal gland. We know that. Right. So let's see. Oh yeah. I want to talk about floating. So do you have any experience with that? So I don't, and I have a package at reboot. I think Re you know the guys. Yeah. 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 So I have a package that's just sitting there and I'm feeling so it's, Why I haven't have no, you used it. I have no excuse. I have no excuse. I'm probably going to be addicted right when I go in. So uh, I, man, I shouldn't even done this podcast. Well, now I can have you back to talk about it. <laughs> I, should, I don't know. You had a, a, a stuff in your account. I should have said, well, just do the thing. And then we'll, uh, that would have motivated you to float. So I didn't know that, but now if you want to come back, uh, and by the way, people that like, oh, how do I get on your podcast? Well, by default, you have to have your own at least podcast or you're promoting something in, in, the, in the realm of what I talk about here. And that's basically it. Uh, and yeah, she was a fan. That helps too. But anyway, back to you. And so yeah, Boca, I'll, I'll send you the link for that. And they're not a sponsor or anything. It's just like, I'm always looking for, and I always feel like as I shift my vibration, I'm always in that next reality where things are just a little bit more you know, like higher vibrating products are available. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see what else. That, so yeah, we're going to have to get you to float and yeah, you will, you'll, you'll, you're going to love it. And that's a place where famous people go. Lots of athletes and mm -hmm. they do. Yeah. Local celebrities go there. So you're not a, are you, are you a 420 enjoyer? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. That, that's really, that's, probably where most people need to be myself included. So you can actually get high with it for one thing. <laughs> you know, I smoke, um, I smoke before bed most nights, um, just because it helps relax me. And I get some, I get some good thoughts sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, Do you dream? So I have heard that it takes your dreams away. Is that true? About 50, 50. And my experience of asking people over the years in the comments, it's about 50, 50. Okay. And what's happening on, I think, I don't think they're being repressed. I think they're actually happening, but you're so stoned in that first hour or two when they're actually these dreams are happening that you don't remember them. Okay. Um, or you're just not, they're just not happening for whatever reason. Because another thing that happens is people who smoke a lot and they don't dream when they do stop, it is like a, 
avalanche of dreaming for days, if not months. Like that was one of the reasons I went back to smoking was when I quit for months, I would have marathon dreams all night. They would be wonderful. No more nightmares, but I'd wake up sweaty, exhausted. And I slept 12 hours, vivid, vivid, vivid dreams. So at a certain point, I'm like, I, I, I want to, I want to sleep. It was getting too intense, but now talking about it, I crave that. So I'll probably, I keep saying this when I run out of weed, I'll, I won't buy anymore, but that didn't happen today. <laughs> so do, so do you smoke a lot of weed? So do you dream? No, unless, unless I wake up in the middle of the night when I'm not stoned anymore as much. And I go back to bed like three or four in the morning, and then I might have a dream or two. But so I, so I say it's possible, but at the level I smoke, I'm trying to get zonked out and have, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just pass through that stage altogether. Psycho sleep is what they call it. You know, I just love my dreams. I get so many messages in my dreams. And I used to have this theory that I was missing out on my, my mission in life because I wasn't getting whatever you get in a dream. Yeah. Downloads, uh, inspiration, whatever visions. Mm-hmm. So are you a, have you had out-of-body experiences or can you control your dreams? Are you a lucid dreamer? Yeah. So I, I've had some really interesting, like partial astral projection experiences, and I actually write them all down and I've probably had like maybe close to 10 of them, um, in my life. And it's an, it's a, have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Like the full body, body vibrations, Oh yeah. It would happen constantly in the tank. It was like, oh, a, really? it would happen. And I would read about it and I was like, Oh, this is what happens right before you eject from your body. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could never get past that point because part of it was, part of me was just afraid of like, well, what if I can't get back? Yeah. You know, yeah. what if I can't get back in my body? Yeah. So I used to have a lot of that where I would interrupt it because I'd be so freaked out. And now I'm at this place. I think the last time I had, I had the full body vibrations was about maybe two or three months ago. And it was wild because I, I can tell myself now I'm okay. Let's see where this goes. Like, let's go on a ride. Like I want to float above my, above my building. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want to like go for a ride, you know, and it makes me excited, but in the moment it's kind of, it's, it's fucking scary. So I would fight myself out of it, but now what I try to do is when it's, so I've never, I've never had like a full astral experience yet, but I I would love one. Um, But what I try to do now is just when it comes, I just try to like, let it ride and, and, and tell myself I'm okay. Well, it's, it's very easy to do with just the right amount of mushrooms in a float tank, even without mushrooms in a float tank. And yeah, by all means, I highly recommend you, you included go sober the first time okay just to get a baseline of what it is because if you go on an edible or whatever else a microdose of mushrooms you don't know where the mushrooms are and that float tank is in terms of what the experience is providing you so i always tell people get a baseline understanding and then go from there but yeah you're gonna you're gonna love uh what is it reboot you're gonna love that well, I feel like I was so meant to talk to you about this because now I'm feeling super inspired to go do it. Oh, and now it's, so it's, it's a good opportunity for me to give you and also the people listening tips for your first float. Perfect. When you go, um, first thing is there's two ways to think about floating in terms of like recharging yourself or like restoring yourself. Some people like to go in the morning first thing. Some people like after a long day. I would recommend the first time, probably after you've 
had a nice yoga class or an exercise, or you've had a long day, you know, you'll feel much more of the recharge effect than you would if you just woke up in the morning and you already, you know, are relatively rested. So I recommend first off, go in the afternoon, go in the evening. Don't eat a heavy meal before. You don't necessarily have to fast. Make sure you're very hydrated, but not hydrated to the point where you're going to want to have to pee many, mm. many, you know, you want, you, you want to be hydrated, but because the float tank will dehydrate you. You'll notice when you get out, you'll be dehydrated. I recommend, and I don't know what your packages are, at least 90 minutes, 60, you, it's going to be great. You're going to get all kinds of benefits out of it. And if you're a meditator, you could have all kinds of great things happen, but 90 to two hours is really the sweet spot. Wow. Okay. Cause here's what's happening at 60 minutes. You've never done it before. You're getting acclimated and you know, you've got all kinds of things going on in your mind and who knows what's happened that day. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get used to availing yourself to the experience and letting go because you're like, oh, I'm naked in a weird place. And you don't necessarily have to be naked, but I do recommend that as well. Because the whole point of floating is not knowing, you know, losing your sense of where your body is and things that can bring you into a body awareness. Even the neck, the, the, these, these places have neck braces too, because you're going to have a decompression of the neck. And sometimes it can be very painful and people don't know a comfortable way to lay in the tank at first. So I don't recommend that. But you know, if you need it, you need it. Like I recommend not having a shitty experience, but the whole point of the float tank and not wearing a bathing suit is, which is why you would also want to avoid a ring around your neck is a total losing your body experience. You don't know where your body ends and the water begins. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the water temperature, 93 and a half degrees Fahrenheit. The, uh, the buoyancy is more salt, more saltier, more dense than the Dead Sea and the Great Salt Lake. So you're going to get in there. Also, I recommend take a pre-shower before you go, because here's the thing. If you, I mean, if you're coming for the gym or something, then sure. But the whole point is this, like the, if you get a shower, make sure it's not a hot one and make sure you keep your face dry. That's the most important thing. That is literally the most important tip. I used to tell people the float center is make sure you keep your face dry before you get in the tank, because if you take a shower before you get in, which is totally fine. And if you're dirty, you, you have to, but if, if you can take it when you quit at home and just get okay. in the tank and just get in the tank and, and they'll tell you to take a shower, but just, just, you don't have to trust me as long as you just didn't take a dump and then get in the tank. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. You don't want to be, am I going to be cold in there? No, 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 no. The tank's going to be warm. Okay. But so anyway, it doesn't seem that warm. It's your skin's temperature. And it's right at that point where it's like, it's like, wow, this is perfect. Okay. It, cool. it's, it's an experience unto itself. It's, it's, it has to be, you know, it's like sex or love. I can tell you about it all day long, but until you experience it for yourself, it's just a concept. You got to really experience it for yourself. So anyway, um, so you're in there. Let's say you have to take the pre-shower. Most people will take the pre-shower, but you're not. So you can avoid this altogether. But if you're taking the pre-shower, make sure you thoroughly don't go too hot with the water because you don't want your body temperature. You don't be sweating in this, in the tank, cause it's not going to get any cooler. So that's another reason to avoid the pre-shower. If you've clean, keeps your body temperature nice and even, and you don't get water in your eyes already or soap. So if you do make sure you dry your face thoroughly, that's the most important thing to keep your face dry and to not touch your face. Now, even you with your dry face, 
Here's the other thing about a dry face. You're going to be less predisposed to wanting to touch your face. Wanting to, if there's an itch or something, it's going to be much less likely than if you just rub your face with a towel or something. So you're in the tank. You lay back. You put your arms back and up. That's going to open your chest and shoulders up the most. Uh, you can put them by your side. And people that are me, six foot five, big guys, taller than that even, you have to. You can still starfish a little bit if you're little. But I recommend putting them up and over your head. It's going to open up your chest and shoulders so much more. And then at that point, you can have the lights on or off. A lot of these places offer music. Music is cool. I recommend, you know, it can sometimes help you get into the zone. But definitely you want to try it with no lights on, the pod closed. And, you know, just totally as much as you can sensory deprivation. It's a very unique opportunity uh, to be removed from, you know, Wi-Fi and television and people and everything, all the distractions. So the whole point, you're, the whole time you're laying there, though, you're, you might have phantom itches. You might have, you know, you might want to touch your face. Do not touch your face. Okay. Do not touch your face. Because if you get that salt one in your, in your eyes, it's going to burn. Okay. And they've got water and you can get out and wash your face. But that is going to ruin your float because you're going to maybe you're going to be maybe be 15 minutes in and then you touch your face. And then you got to spend 10 minutes getting out and fixing it. And then you got like, what, a half hour left to get back into the zone. So please don't touch your face. And then I'm going to be like, I don't even want to go back now. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, if you don't get that first experience, you're paying a lot of money for it. If you're paying 50, 60, 70 bucks, it's like, eh, I probably wouldn't do this again. So, but the thing was when I was running the float center, I was at, I had very, because I set them up right from the beginning because you could see a lot of these float centers have reviews and they're bad reviews because they didn't understand what floating was. They didn't get it up. They they it wasn't explained to them or the, the conditions weren't right. If that tank is off a degree or two, it's, it's unbearably hot or it's uh, too cold. Like one degree, like 92 degrees can actually feel really cold, but there's a certain point where your skin matches and it's like you're laying into something the viscosity of motor oil, you're floating on top of it. Uh, and it's magical. So you're going to love it, but uh, don't get your expectations too high. That's the other thing. That's the last rule. Don't touch your face and no expectations because Joe Rogan, Altered States, me, anything you've heard uh, can, you know, oh, if you don't get there, you're going to be disappointed. So to have a, no expectations is really a, a thing in life, too, that I practice. Just say, hey, you know, I can't be disappointed if I don't. That, that, that doesn't mean to have low expectations, but mm -hmm. I'm open to whatever the experience may be. And if I think I'm going to see aliens or talk to God the first time, more than likely, you're just going to be relaxed and you're going to feel amazing. You're going to want to do it again. You're going to want to explore. You might have visions. You might see colors slightly. Oh, here's another rule. Not necessarily a rule, but a great tip that very few people talk about. And I learned this sitting at the float center. Are you still there? I'm here. I'm okay. Just making sure. I've been yeah. talking <laughs> quite a while and you're the guest, but anyway, yeah, um, because I don't get a chance to talk about just straight floating. Uh, this is so helpful. I'm going to go back and re-, re like. Yeah, but the, the, the main rule is don't touch your face. You know, dry your face off if you do have to take the pre-show. But don't touch your face the whole time. That's the most important tip. And then uh, no expectations. Don't have high expectations of I'm going to have some kind of communication with aliens or I'm going to have a psychedelic trip like Lisa on The Simpsons. You might, but the last thing I was, the last tip, which is going to help you, is keep your eyelids open. Oh, okay. Because okay. somebody came out of the tank one day and they're like, uh, 
you realize when your eyes are closed, you're actually flexing that muscle. I'm like, oh shit. I go, that makes sense. I never thought about it like that. So most people will get in the tank and they'll close their eyes. And that, oh. kind, that kind of, that's not necessary because if the room's, if the tank is, you know, right. And the room is right. You, there's nothing in front of you. You're like, you're like floating in a void. Like mm-hmm. you, you really become at a certain point an awareness floating in an infinite void is the feeling uh, if, if all conditions are met. Right. But if it's too loud, if the, the temperatures are off, if you're touching your face, because it's got water in your eye, it's going to be difficult. No lie, but the very simple things of keeping your eyes open. Um, don't touching your face. Don't touch your face. And don't be jump swishing around and dude, maybe here, here's what I tell people the first five minutes. Yeah. Play around, but don't play around where you're splashing around. and going to get that shit in your eyes. Don't yeah. be putting your hands in front of your face. Here's another thing. People just forget. They just totally forget. Mm-hmm. And they, they just put their hands in front of their face and it drips. So, um, and that's, that's, that's another reason you don't want to be too hot when you get in. If your face is sweating, you're not going to have salt water in your eyes, but you're going to have your own sweat in your eyes. And that's going to be bothering you as well but the salt water is actually going to burn most people and here's a tip for women oh i forgot these are the rules like a lot of these things are going to have you sign waivers you don't want to go on your menstrual cycle if it's heavy i would totally totally discourage that mm-hmm. you don't want to women who have freshly dyed hair men doesn't matter if you have freshly dyed hair i'm not going to let you in the tank because i don't want a red ring or a blue ring which happened on my next to last day a woman came in i didn't even i couldn't tell because she was her hair was a certain color of darkness and she, people read the thing, but obviously don't, they don't read the waiver, but, it, <laughs> but she, she gave me a blue ring and I couldn't get it out. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what happened because they fired me after that, but not, not because of that. It was a long, that's a long story for people, you know, this story, but anyway, I don't um, know all of it, but I, I, I would like to hear it, but maybe we can do long that. story short. I was, fi- I was fired for politics. Um, oh. yeah, I came out as a Trump supporter and, and, uh, you know, is it, and a cute, what I'm telling people that Tom Hanks is in Gitmo, uh, <laughs> you know, last it's not, year, it's stuff not like, settling. It's not settling for most probably. Right. No, it's very, it's very troubling. Actually. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that the long story short, that's what was really the, what happened. So I'm, 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 and my dad died and, and I had to go home and deal with that. So it, it all worked out, but oh. I'm still, not, I'm still pissed about what happened to me there because it was really wrong. But anyway, yeah, and you were living there. Yeah. But that was part of the deal. And that was also one of the reasons they wanted me out, you know, was uh-huh. they'd like that. They didn't want me living there. Ultimately, you know, it was just like a temporary, it was supposed to be a temporary thing, but you know, the, the pandemic hit and we couldn't hit you know, the business was, you know, just like, just like any business, barely able to make it. So I, I needed to live there to just mm-hmm. to keep it going. But so it all worked out. I'm good now. But that's the story. But anyway, we were talking about something else. What was it before I shot off there? You were just giving me all the stuff. Oh, yeah. The tips, the tips. Right. Yeah. So keep your eyelids open. Don't touch your face and you should be fine. And then you hear the music come on or the light comes on and it's time to get out. And you get a full shower and then you're done. So why does this place have a sauna? Well, every, every place is different. Some places will have massage rooms. Some places will have uh, cryo. Some places oh. will have, um, yeah, oh, yeah infrared saunas. Cryo. Right. So not. So why we, would I use the sauna though? Like you wouldn't I, necessarily use it. It's just an option. They, they, it's like some people would come in just to use that. They don't care about floating. They just want to use the sauna. Okay. And there's oh, some people okay. I just want my understanding was that it was coupled for some reason, no? No. I mean 
it's the, the float tank's almost like a sauna and you feel but you're not going to sweat like if you want the detoxifying sweat experience then you should use the sauna but what I, here's what i would recommend there, there used to be this place around me here called peak performance and they went under for the guy mismanaged it financially but this place used to have the saunas with the bikes inside of them the yoga room saunas and it would have the just the regular saunas you could sit in the infrared ones and then they had cryo so what i would do was I would max it for an hour in the sauna at about 150, 160. And then I would get out into the cryo. And it felt amazing. So I do recommend coupling those two cryo, those peak. I would, it was like a 450 degree swing. I was going from plus 150 to like a negative 300, 290. Yeah. Have you ever done cryo? I have not. I don't know. It, the, the, the great thing about why I was doing it here was it was a membership plan where it was like so cheap to do it because mm -hmm. a lot of times cryo is expensive and people it's hard to justify like people are like oh 50 60 bucks to float for an hour but mm -hmm. you get to use the t shower twice and we you know you get to lay in the water whereas cryo is you're paying basically the same amount at a lot of these places if not more and it's like three minutes long like you, you go in there you disrobe you have your underwear on you mm -hmm. step in the, the the thing they blast you for three minutes that seems like forever it goes by really fast and all these places will have songs like jukebox is basically built into the system and you can just play your song you're jamming out to your song and yeah at first they'll start you out like negative 120 negative 150. oh my god but then you you know you want to push it and push it and push it at least i do mm -hmm. and so i was going every other day and i was doing i was doing 450 degree swings and i would feel like i was walking on sunshine Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of release. Wow. Okay. Good. This is all very good info. But yeah, the float's very basic. Very. There's a few things if you if you just know those few things, like it's crucial you don't touch your face that you, in the salt water. Okay. But yeah, but yeah. So you, you'll have a fun time. And did you get like a pack? You said. I have a pack. Yeah. So I just need to go in and use it. Cool. I have no. There's no. There's no reason not to. Maybe they'll let you combine uh, two of them for like a two-hour float. Okay. Is it typically just an hour? I don't know what your pack is, what you bought. Okay. I'm not even sure. It's usually either oh. 60 or 90. So do you think for my very first time, should I just go straight into 90? Yes. Okay. Because here's what's going to happen. And I tell people, and this would be a selling point, but I wasn't lying. I'm like, look, at 60 minutes, you're going to really be wishing you had another at least 20 minutes because you're going to be really hitting the zone. If you've done everything right, you're going to be blissing out. You're going to be, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but you're going to be having a fucking awesome time and you're going to be crying that that light is on or that music. You're going to hear that music and you're like, no. So, and there's Your people mind that- mind is racing the whole time though? No, at a certain point, it's a, you're forced into a meditative state. It's so, this is why I was recommending early, recommending it earlier. People who can't like physically sit in a, a, a very meditative position, like even Indian style, um, they could benefit from floating. Uh, like me, I had pain issues where I could sit, but I was always concentrating on the pain of sitting. Right. And it was, you know, so I really couldn't get past that, the, the physical discomfort of just trying to emulate what I saw, which was Zen masters staring at the wall in, you know, lotus position. Yeah. And I couldn't get there, but through floating, I could, I, I was able to totally by default, relax the mind, the body. Totally. Okay. I love that. And you're already a meditator and yogi. So it'll be super easy for you. 
Well, and like we said earlier, I mean, the main reason that people don't meditate is because they're uncomfortable. Right. Well, a lot of people don't want to sit with their own thoughts. I, I don't have that problem. I don't, I have, the, like I said, it, it was always a physical pain issue, but most people that would float the, or most people that didn't want to float, even though I'd give them free floats, like, I don't want to sit and, and with my own mind, yeah, with their own thoughts. Good. Yeah. So that's been the story. Uh, you know, floating is a hard sell because meditation is free. Right. But, you know, there's, the, like I said, the physical benefits is a physical, metaphysical, spiritual yeah. uh, journey. And it's, it can be very cathartic in a physical way. Like you'll lay there and you'll get so relaxed that things will just slap back into place. Like things are out of alignment, joints will pop, all kinds of things will just happen laying there doing nothing. Okay. Wow. You well, can lose, I you can lose weight too, if you do it enough. This is not, not that you, not that you need that, but. I mean, this is just amazing to me. Now I'm just feeling super inspired to just, to just finally do this. Cause you asked me if I had done this like six months ago and I still hadn't. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, there's people I've been asking to do it for years and that I have set up in their own cities for free if they wanted to go and they just never have done it. Wow. You know, but, and, and that could change their whole perspective, their whole life, but it, it's just not time for them. I appreciate that. It's okay. Yeah. And it's like, it'll, it'll come with like everything it's everybody's on their own path and it'll come when it comes. I think I get really content in what I know works for me, which is like my ceremonial tea practice and my morning meditation in my Yeah. Bowl. So tell me about that. I want to, that was another thing. I was like, Oh yeah, this, you've got a lifestyle. You, you really look like you have like, like a Tommy Hilfiger ad, but like kind of with that Eastern, uh, your lifestyle really looks Tommy, like very like <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch, like in a cool. Oh though, no, but, please. No. You know what I mean? Like that, it looks like a magazine yeah. ad. I mean, filters do a lot these days, don't they? I know, but your lifestyle looks very chill. It's chill. And it's, you know, in, in my, my home too, I, it's very minimal. It's clean. Um, I call it my little Zen den. I have just my, I have a tea table and I sit for these ceremonial tea practices, which people in the East, specifically Taiwan, China, and Japan, they've been sitting for these practices for hundreds of years in ceremony. Um, and essentially you're in layman's terms, you're literally just sitting and drinking tea in silence. Um, I do it alone every morning, but then I'll also sit one-on-one -on -one with maybe a girlfriend or I'll sit in a group of four to 10. Um, it's amazing. And I love to have people who have, I love to sit with people and serve them who have never done it before, because what I always hear at the end is like, oh my gosh, I just never knew I needed that. And I think it's the silence. It's the, the tea tastes really good in most cases, but I think primarily it's actually just the silence that people are, are craving and they don't know it till they sit. But what do you have? What do you have? Like matcha? It's not matcha. These are from, um, th these teas come from Taiwan primarily. And they're from these old growth trees, um, hundred, hundred, hundreds of years, year old trees. Well, what's it called? Um, so there's different teas. I mean, it's essentially like a black, there's a black tea, there's a red tea, there's a purple tea, there's a green tea. Mm. Um, and it all kind of, it all kind of just kind of depending on weather and season. Um, and I'm learning more about the tea and how all these different teas sit differently within the body too. So I'm learning kind of what I, what I need, um, based on kind of how these teas make me feel and how I, you know, you kind of form this relationship with it. It sounds very bizarre and it's, it's an interesting thing, but what I do know is that it's, I, I know that it, um, it calms me and it helps me recenter. And I totally it, understand. That's how I feel about weed. 
yeah, it's your medicine and this is my medicine. And, and, um, I'm just so grateful for this practice and the people I've met in this has just been, it's just been amazing. Yeah. You don't feel like you're culturally appropriating. You know, I really, really don't. Um, I don't believe, I don't believe in that. I think when you do stuff like that, a lot of times it's like, I, it's like, wow, you're respecting it. You would like it so much. You want to incorporate it into your thing. You know, and I'm really of this thought process of just like, whatever makes you feel good, just do more of that. Yeah. Whatever that is. Like, I'm just not down with anyone harming anyone. Well, you don't, you probably don't harbor any guilt when you're pouring yourself a glass of green tea though. Like I'm appropriating, you know, so you don't, you don't attract that field of reinforcement of guilt. No, not at all. Because I think I'm just sort of, I just look at this whole practice as just, I'm a student and I'm learning and I'm just so eager to learn and, and it's just giving me so much peace and yeah. So no, I don't. Okay. Let me ask you a question. What is God to you? I think that we are fragments of this higher intelligence. I, I think God is an energy I think it's genderless. I mean, we were so accustomed to, you know, God being a he, but well, not always actually, but, but if you look at the Bible, you know, right, a Western civilization. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's this higher intelligence, this all knowing energy. And I, I, think- I do. Yeah. I do too. It's an omnipresence and it's an energy field that is, it's, it's not a, it's not sexualized gendered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we are fragments of that, of that, that main source. Your so love. Sense, yeah. Yeah. And I think in a sense that we are, I don't know that we are God, but I think that, that we are, we are part of God. Yeah. We're a fragment. Uh, have you experienced that on psychedelics or in a peak experience of I am God, I'm part, you know, not only am I part of it, but like full on acid trips where it's like, I, you definitely are God, bro. It's just, you can't put it a certain way to people. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think, I think what I've, what I've experienced mostly is just this all consuming love energy that just loves me so much. And, you know, my relationship with, with my God or with God is like, so in it's so um, it's just so individual for me. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. (laughs) Well, it's your, do you like a higher self? Do you believe in that concept that it's just a, a higher, a higher perfect version of you? Yeah. Guiding you along the way. Yeah. And it, and, and it wants what's best for me. And, right. And even though you I, don't, even though you don't know what it is, it knows. And that's why. Yeah. And how can I relax into that all knowing, um, you know, energy and, and just know that this has my back. And I think that that's, that's, that's the challenge in this 3d. Well, I, uh, I tell people anxiety is a, it's, it's a lack of faith right there. If you have anxiety for me, you don't believe in a, a, that space of oneness that you can relax into knowing you're taken care of. Cause if you knew what I knew about it, at least from my experience, I don't know what you think about the universe, but I feel like it's, it's because it's you in a higher space, infinite and benevolent and loving and omnipresent and all these things. It's got your best thing laid out for you, even though your ego sometimes struggles with accepting, letting go of something or a new challenge that's presented to you. It's like, no, I don't want to do it, but it, no, it's for your, it's ultimately down the line. You'll be thinking to yourself, you did it. So I do. I think that I think what's what God is. It's your God simultaneously. I'm God simultaneously. We're all God, right? We're our extensions of the one. And then, um, yeah, we're having a human experience that we, I think, came here that we wanted. Do you think you came here by choice? 
I think that, yeah, I think I planned all of this. Right, um, right. A beautiful book. I don't know if I sent this to you, but it's called Your Soul's Plan. And it's by Robert Schwartz. And um, it's it's really reassuring and pretty amazing. And it also reminds me of my power. You know, when these things come up, I, I remind myself, okay, I chose this this conflict I'm having with my sister. Yes, that's yeah. exactly how I relax into the oneness. It's like, I know this is for my benefit. If I can just relax for a minute and try to see the flip side of the coin, I, I can, only can see that one side of now. Yeah, and I think that we have a soul contract with our parents and with our siblings. Yeah, And yes. also with these profound relationships that come in and that may seemingly crash or burn or or do last long or whatever it is. Like, I, I think that there are these soul contracts and he, he talks a lot about that. And it's just a really reassuring um, perspective for me. Yeah. I think that we, I think that we picked all this out of a movie screen and I think that we were like, all right, I'm going to take that life. And I know I can do this life even when it's really gut wrenching. And, you know, I get, I sometimes will get this low grade anxiety and I'll be like, wait a second, like that anxiety, you actually just pinpointed it. I just got this download where it's like, when I feel that anxiety, I think it's calling me back to source. It's calling me back to God. So, okay. Just reroute, reroute because that anxiety is there telling me something. And I know that I, I know that I believe, but maybe there's some doubt in me right now that needs to be, um, I I have, yeah. I have no anxiety at this point. I just get sometimes frustrated with what my ego is going to have to go through sometimes to get to what that higher path is trying to get me to. That's what, that's where I'm at. Like even other, there's no, there's even my dad passing. I was able to rest into that knowing that every day God's just going to give me just enough as I can handle and I'll get through it and I'll learn from it and I'll be all right. And if I can actually relax into it and not have as much anxiety or fear, it's actually, it might not be that bad, as bad as something is like that can be. I yeah. found that I found that through my practice of just having experienced the space of loving oneness. I mean, just that alone, being in that river long enough, not, not that I swim in it constantly that much anymore, but the remembrance when I get pulled off the path and I go back to that space of like, okay, well, my ego is really not happy with his positionality right now, but somehow I do know that if I can just let go and do what's being asked or give in and it's whatever, let go, then I'll ultimately, it'll be for not only their person's favor, but my favor too, really in the end. And so I'm able to, it's always been true. And so I really don't have much fear anymore or anxiety. I've gone through my worst fear over the past few months, literally. What, what's your worst fear? If you don't, if you don't mind. It came up today, you know, and it's, it's, it's also like, I feel even saying it out loud. Sometimes I manifest it. I'm careful. Yeah. Like that, but it's also, you know, I think when, when people look at me and like, you send me these really cute little things, like, you know, you'll give me the little heart or the flame or whatever. And like, I think that people look at me and they, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, what could she ever be afraid of? Or what could like, what, Anyway. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're a baller, a bad B, you know, a, a boss bitch, like type, type <laughs> stuff, you know, you don't take no shit and get it done and you're looking good doing it. You know what it is though? Um, what was the question? What was my biggest fear? Yeah. It's, it's, it's being alone. Honestly, it's being alone. My biggest fear is being alone. And I don't even necessarily mean like without a partner or that, but I sometimes will fear my parents my parents dying or like, mm. and I think oh, this you haven't gone through any of that yet. 
I mean, fuck. Yeah. And you know, and so like, and I think it also has to do with like my car accident too. And just how something just like mm-hmm. shook me so yeah. hard. So yes, but, but you know, it is, it's, it's, it's being, it's being left alone. And, and I know where a lot of that stems from my abandonment from, you know, from my childhood and all of that for sure. And I can look at this with, with a lens, um, uh, which is there are no guarantees in life and no, and, not at all. Yeah. I'm so glad we did this podcast because there was a lot of people I wanted to do podcasts with over the past two years that died. Mm. I didn't get to talk to them. And it's, it's, it's a shame, but you know, that's, that's one of the lessons learned there is, yeah, nobody's, there's no guarantee. Look at the, look at the pandemic shut down all of 2020. I thought, I thought 420 was going to be 420 every day for a month. They took that away from me and I'll never get that back. They took away 2020, 420 for a month. They took it away. Those bastards. Not only did they take away my dad, you know what I mean? Like just shit like that. Just, and then I got to watch these criminals on TV every day, riot and these other celebrity criminals bail them out and put them back on the streets. And they're telling me I'm crazy. I can't go to church, but you can go out there and riot and tear everything down. You can go to the strip club too. Right. Just to just push degeneracy and shut down. Uh, anybody trying to, yeah, like better themselves, health or spiritual health. So yeah, how did you make it through the pandemic? You know, it was really um, diving into a lot of what um, what you've posted, and and I read a lot of David Ike has this a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, it's a long title, but I read the whole book, and it's it's entitled. Um, love is the only truth. Everything else is an illusion or it's something along those lines. And it's an, it's an amazing book. And so that, you know, it was, it was really just kind of, um, reaching for things that were people that were like-minded. Um, I did a lot of healing with my mom up in Mount Shasta, um, just with our relationship. I mean, this is literally what got me through this pandemic was just gravitating towards, um, what I knew to be true and really sinking more into my truth with my God. And, um, yeah, I mean, did it, did it wake you up last year, all the stuff going on politically? Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you know about the deep state until last year? My mom's been trying to tell me about the deep state for the last 10 years. And I just kind of brush her off, brush her off. But when I was ready, I was ready. Yeah. And now it's like, now I'm just, I want to, I want to share it with everyone, you know, but, but I know who, I know who I can navigate down that path with and who I can't and, and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I lost a lot of friends last year. And like I said, when I started talking about adrenochrome and Ellen's and Gitmo and Hallie Mandel's talking about shoe stuff, which is five HOE, which, you know, long story short was like an adrenochrome replacement for the people that couldn't get it. Because that's what that, that that was the big thing last year, and I don't know if you follow this narrative. With all the celebrities losing their shit, and the big thing was they couldn't get their adrenochrome fix, and a lot of them are looking like vampires. <laughs> and then Ellen had handcuffs uh, or, or ankle bracelets on, and so did Oprah. Oprah's uh-huh. house got raided. Did, did, were you? Did you see any of that stuff last year? Were you know, in- to be honest, I got the 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 most of this info from from your podcast, really. Yeah. Um, and my mom knew a lot about it too. So like we talk about it and it's just, you know, it's, it, this whole, this whole illusion is so absurd, isn't it? It's just, well, so yeah, it feels like it's breaking down as we awaken and, and it's not able to, it, what, and I think what Trump did too over the four years, which was interrupt their plan. And now they're working really hard because he did a lot of things basically where he flipped the lever on, like he ended the, he ended the, 
the endless wars, right? They had to, they went back to war. They cranked up the war machine as soon as Biden got back in there. So it's just crazy to see that people talk shit about Trump, but they bought the media uh, gaslighting hook, line, and sinker for four years. Only towards the end did I have a lot of liberal friends come back and say, you know what, this is, I see it now for what it is. And uh, that's I me. Yeah. Like, what's your name? The other um, Kara, she's the same way. She woke up to that kind of stuff. I don't know if you listen to her podcast at all, but what, what podcast do you listen to? What do you like to listen to? Well, I had one thing on the tip of my tongue oh, go uh, before we move on, but I was going to, what do you think about, like, I saw this thing where essentially both Trump and Biden took nearly the exact same amount of money from Pfizer. Um, well, that's, you know, that's been the troubling thing with Trump is for most I'm people. For medical freedom, like that's like, like Me too. freedom is my number one thing. And so that's, and then the warp speed and all of this. And I'm just like, well, like, here's the thing though. I mean, Here's the thing. I think for one thing, some people do believe and Trump may be one of them that vaccines are good for you. Now, you know what the kind of people I'm talking about. They mean well, they trust science. They don't think they're being lied to. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying Trump is that way because, you know, obviously he's probably privy to things that 99% of the population isn't privy to. And also there's money involved. And also it's a lot of money and the money that could get you killed if you don't, toe the line, I, I would imagine. And the other theory is if he didn't push the vaccine to do Operation Warp Speed, you'd be still locked down even worse. That this lockdown was supposed to go five, 10 years, you know, until they actually really came up with a vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. They they were looking for a way to shut down the world economy because they couldn't get a world war with Hillary. They wanted a war with Hillary. That was the plan with Obama. No, that was the plan, the 16-year plan to destroy America. Look it up. Get Obama in there and get your guns away. They didn't succeed in that. Their goal is to get rid of the Constitution and land troops here and take over. Destroy the Constitution. Get America involved in a war. America loses the war. Look at the stuff that Biden's doing. It's like everything's collapsing from within because they're doing it on purpose. It's like, what's his name said today when he quit on the news? It's like the, the they're they're burning us, they're burning the house down with us on the inside. Uh, Brian Williams was said this, I think is who it was. It's crazy what's going on right now, and and part of, and part of it is like the people have to see it. Like if Trump would have done something and arrested everybody, that the swamp is so deep that these people would have been right back out. The the, the courts are filled with deep state judges, Obama appointees, all this stuff. It's all corrupt. I mean, look at the Supreme Court. Even those guys wouldn't do anything on the election fraud. They wouldn't look at it. They wouldn't touch it. And 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 Trump just got a bunch of them in there. So it, it, it's deep. Roberts, Sean Roberts was on Epstein's Epstein's flight logs. I mean, so was Trump, but Trump wasn't on the Lolita Express. And and, and it's a whole. It's it's a, it's a fucking bunch of lies. Look at Rittenhouse. Everybody thought he was out there killing black people. Mm-hmm. That is, if you don't see what we see on the internet, on Instagram, if you just follow the narrative, which less and less people are, that's what you get. Yeah. Um, it's that, just, I mean, it's so much mind control, you know, it's so much programming and it's so much. Oh, it's so bad. It's, it's so, so painful, bad. Really? Yeah. It's painful. I, I, it's painful to think of children and the amount of propaganda they're exposed to. Because when I was mm-hmm. a child, you know, I w- they didn't have a phone in my hand when I was 10 years old or 15 years old, even. I didn't have access to the internet as much as I do now. And yeah, the propaganda they figured out over the past 20 years to, you know, make me come back to Twitter and Instagram, like a little mouse wanting its pellet. 
mm-hmm. you know, get my fix. So yeah, did you watch follow the cabal? Oh yeah. That was one of those things in March or April of last year where, you know, I knew all these things, but there were certain things I hadn't, I hadn't been in the truth movement in a while. Cause I just said, you know, I'm going to lay this stuff to the side. It's not very centered and it's very fearful mm-hmm. and people take it the wrong way. So I'm just gonna let it go. But then Trump came into power and then Q and all these things started to happen. I'm like, okay. And then, the, and then I really got activated like right then around March of 2020. And then yeah. people are like fall of cabal, fall of the cabal and all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm right back in it with Alex Jones and (laughs) David Wilcock, all that stuff. Um, So I just watched fall of the cabal, um, with a, with a guy I've been dating out here, which is, we're we're no longer dating, but we just watched it though. Like how long ago? We just watched it like two weeks ago Oh, nice! Um, and we broke it up into two because it's four hours long. So we watched like two hours of it and then we watched another two hours, but, um, he, I think he was a little more tripped out most of this I already knew actually, but apparently there's a part two. Mm-hmm. Is there? I mean, because I want to hear what she has to say. I mean, that was all pre pandemic. Oh, I haven't, I don't, I've only seen the one. I don't, I didn't know there was a part two. So um, I, and I haven't seen the, I don't know where part two is, but someone told me recently that there's part two to this. I know it's, I know it's, I know it's longer than four hours. The one I've seen is like probably five or six hours. So maybe you just haven't, I'll have to find you a link. I think it was actually a 10 part series. And so this was, was a 10 part series, but it was a four, it was four hours in length. So it was condensed. Okay. So maybe that's what I watched. Okay. There's only one fall of the cabal. And I think it's a, it's a 10 hour thing. I'm or 10. It's a 10 segment thing. I don't know how much, what the runtime is. I thought the runtime was maybe a little longer, but it could be that, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think that that's what I just watched, but this was all pre COVID. So now I want to see like, what, what, like, what are they going to say next? Well, they're going to keep doing what they're doing, which is push the, the vaccines. Look at Australia. Look at Austria. Pray, oh, to, pray, yeah. to, pray to God that it doesn't happen here. Um, Florida, we are still, uh, except for the month and a half, they closed down Disney World. Uh, Florida, we didn't really, that's the thing. Unless you were completely cucked in your mind by the media, and there was plenty of them here that were. It didn't change for me. I never wore my mask unless I absolutely had to. They wouldn't let me in and I needed my weed or (laughs) that was it. It was only dispensaries for me. I didn't have to go luckily to medical. It's usually in Florida, like the medical places are still Nazis about it. And so are the the vet clinics, oddly enough, the the pets. They make you sit in your car. But anyway, um, I never, I have never taken a test. I have I've worn the mask only when it was absolutely necessary. And then a lot of times I just have it on my pulled down on my face. I've never got, I'm not even, I'm not going to get into it with you with the vaccine stuff. Cause we're running out of time here. Um, Cause we can keep talking, I think for a while. I like talking to you. Oh, likewise. And yeah, your, your, your voice today on the pot, your podcast is very pleasant and calming. Your podcast oh, is not like mine at all, which I like. <laughs> it's still in the works. I have so much I want to record and, and I like it. It's, it's also not too long. It's nice and nice. Just nice a perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, you're that DeSantis guy just seems like a godsend. Yeah, no, we're very lucky. And I would have been out of the flip business a lot longer if we would have had a different story in Florida here. But like I said, for me, and, and it's like, I go, I meet people from across the country that come here and it's like, oh my God, people have really been psyched by this thing. People are really afraid. People think it's a real thing. Once you, once you see behind the curtain, like I have, and you understand the magic trick, which is 
the PCR test and the scam mm -hmm. to get you into the ICU and then to kill you. It's a whole thing. Once you see that, once you know, it's like, if you understood that, you would understand why people who are vaccinated are getting COVID still mm -hmm. because they still are going to get the flu. They're still going to get uh, pneumonia, but the PCR test is going to say it's COVID. So there you go. I just explained the scam to people. Yeah. So yeah. by all means, get your ivermectin and do not let your loved ones get to the point. Don't let them go to the hospital, but don't let exactly. them get to, don't let them get to the point where they put them on a vent. Oh, it's over. It's, it's over, over at that point. So you got about 10, 15% chance of walking out of there alive. And, I have ivermectin in, in my cabinet right now, actually. Well, that was the thing too. Like people are like, man, your dad died. And my mom for a while there too, initially was like pushing me to get the vaccine, even though she didn't get it herself. Oh, she really? had, well, she had COVID at the same time my dad did, which was just a very severe case of the pneumonia that they didn't treat him correctly for. You know, they gave him the kill factory, which is the, the sedation under the tube and no uh -huh. things to give you vitamins or actual pneumonia medicine. It's rindesivir, which kills your um, kidneys and doesn't let you drain the fluid, which is building up in your lungs. You drown ultimately uh -huh. with, with a COVID diagnosis. But uh, why were they talking about that? Ah, uh, stoner moment. Um, you were just talking about your mom telling you that. Oh yeah, why? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided because I know what the scam is, which is COVID. It really isn't a thing. It's just flu and pneumonia, which you're not getting treated for. I said, okay, well, as long as I have ivermectin, I have no. There's no point to get something that. Besides, if you do get it, you're 99.7 percent chance of dying or surviving it. Yeah. You know, at my age, why would I, why I'll take my chances, uh, as opposed to getting an experimental vaccine, uh, not even a vaccine, experimental, whatever thing, garbage, uh, graphene, lucifer, phrase <laughs> stuff put in my body. So I just, I just, and, 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 but can you believe how many people are just, are just signing up for this and then it's booster after booster after booster. I'm just blown away. Well, what they I'm say about the, away. me too, the booster is, is, is because your immune system after the first two shots is shot. You know, you don't have a, it's destroying your immune system actually. And that's why you need the, and that's what I've read. I can't, I'm not a scientist. And again, I don't trust the science at this point because the science has been politicized and uh, it's all propaganda and these are just these nurses and these doctors, in these hospitals. I don't know how some of them have been there for over a year knowing what they're doing. Cause I got a picture of the nurse that was in my father's room. And we look at some of the pictures I took and we can see it in her eyes. All right. Mm -hmm. She knows the shit. She knows what's going on. She knows he's got no chance. And the only reason they brought us in there was for a DNR. You know, that was their, that was the way they were running it in there. They was like, get them in here, get the money, get $90,000 to kill them with for Desivere, uh, get all this bonus money. And then uh, get them in the ICU so we can see on the news. It's all filled up. It's a bunch of scam. I it's didn't a, know that. I didn't know that that you went through this. Oh yeah, my, yeah. My dad. They they got pneumonia. Uh, mm -hmm. They got diagnosed as COVID because he got to the point where he was getting. You know, like every man thinks they're going to just get over it at home. He mm -hmm. got a severe case of pneumonia. Mm -hmm. and you go to the hospital. The PCR test is ramped up so much that it's showing everything as COVID. All right. And, and that's really where the scam is that people don't understand because that's that is science or you got to trust you, you. You're trusting a test that puts out false positives, yeah. even for something that I don't even think exists. So the point is, yeah, he died. And I am now uh, my whole purpose is to make sure that nobody else does, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, 
has yeah, been. I'm, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that though. My God. And it, and it really just goes to show too. Um, my mom and I were talking about it this morning. It's like, you have to stay out of these hospitals. You just, you have to do whatever you possibly can. Well, that's the worst part is too, like the distrust of the medical system I have now, which is oh, they're, they're, they're letting people die to this day. And they know that. And the thing is too, you call them and you're like, I want to push ivermectin. I want to push vitamin C. I want to push just vitamins and minerals. And they're like, nope, nope. They'll say they'll do it and they don't do it. They're not giving people who have pneumonia antibiotics. They're not giving the right medicine. It's a scam. It's so, disgusting. It's evil. and It's, it's very evil. And it's the same guy in the 80s that was doing it with AIDS patients, Fauci. Yeah, Fauci. So, um, he's, yeah, that's a whole other thing. I just bought the real Anthony Fauci book by Robert Kennedy. Do you know Robert Kennedy Jr. at all? Yeah. he's. he's oh, my God. I love him. Yeah. He's, um, a, he, he's one of the few on the left I like. <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a true like in terms of like a, a real leftist ideals he he's he's more of that kind of person because these people who like kamal and by these are just globalists oh well this no and this one i mean he's he he's dedicated his life to uh, medical freedom and he literally right like, i haven't opened the book yet but he gets into his brother oh wait no it was his uh jfk was his robert uh, kennedy jr is uh Robert Kennedy's son. So he was assassinated yeah, in 68. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he gets, I mean, he's, he, I guess like, yeah, he's a lifelong Kennedy, but he has been like, his family has just completely shut him out. Like he's, he's not like any of them. Yeah. No, well, he was one of the ones last year who was supposedly given in his videos comms that JFK Jr. was alive. So that's oh, I, was he? yeah but that, that's just a whole nother thing that I, I, I don't think it's true at this point but yeah, i still i'm still sticking I'm, brings that up and i'm just like that's really an interesting one to get on board with i just don't know and i think too what i'm learning is like is like i just don't know i'm learning so i'm learning more that like i just don't know <laughs> yeah that's you true know? the more that i keep finding out the more i'm realizing i don't know much of anything other than my really my relationship with god that's kind of this that i just well, back to that i think it, here's the thing when you start to look around and dig in the conspiracy stuff there's pretty much a narrative that exists and it's really hard to not see the narrative and it's all over the place and you can see it it's oh, very hard once you see it it's very hard to unsee like mm -hmm. for example the whole thing about pushing global homo and pushing vaccines and pushing it's about sterilization it's about population control so it's like yeah we want to push certain ag agendas in the media but it's not about we, we we support these people it's about we support a lifestyle or uh something that is going to like a vaccine which is going to sterilize you or kill you so you don't populate because they want a manageable population uh it's too much right now seven billion eight billion people is too many they, they, they got to kill. They, they, and, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it, the, the, the point is, there are no other conspiracy theories really out there. Mm -hmm. there, there there's no other like real like, oh, OK, it could be this, too. It could be that. No, it's pretty much. These yeah, people, when you start connecting the dots, it's all in plain sight. And then so, I'm so that's like, the thing. Once you figure it out, then you can decode everything. And yeah. so, you know, people that are waking up, they maybe have not learned all the symbolism of the pedophiles or the Illuminati or, you know, like certain things you could say, oh, that's a, a, a triangle swirl. That's a boy lover. You learn that because you get into this stuff with QAnon and adrenochrome and human trafficking, which is a very real thing. 
Um, and it's smeared in the media by painting Q people as retards, which is, you know, what, what they do. And it's fine. But the, the CIA invented the term conspiracy theory to make people look stupid and crazy. Yeah, and the, and sure. So it's okay. Uh, we're, all, we're, all, we're, all being, we're all being vindicated now. We're all being vindicated. Well, and it's so interesting to me. Sadly. The people that I know that follow Q and are like pretty diehard are the most loving peace, peacekeepers, peacemakers that, that I know. And it's so not, it's so not what, what they're telling us, you know, it's not a terrorist organization. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, if it was so big of a deal, why keep talking about it? If it, you know, yeah. if it was, if it, was, if it was just a little, you know, it's, but it is, it's a real thing. And maybe Q didn't play out like people wanted it to. And I, I, cause I still think it's ongoing, but it did awaken in people's minds, all these things with human trafficking and what the elite do, what their motives are people are waking people have woken up to that so i'm i i live in an optimistic world and i'm, I'm going to kind of start to wrap it up um my worldview is optimistic i'm a half glass full kind of person although i do love to just have fun in the dark um you know because i can i can play with those ideas and not be stuck in the fear space or like i can throw around conspiracy theories and have fun with it because i don't you know as much as it is scary stuff to think about i don't let it dominate me at night. I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I still believe that God's obviously in control and some of these things may not even exist, right? It could just all be a big, a big lie to hide something even bigger. Who knows? But I'm optimistic. How about you? You know, I am, I'm so optimistic. Um, I think that there is often a romance kind of in the melancholy and in the darkness a little bit though, sometimes don't you like, there's yeah. like a, it's like, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, so I'll kind of, sometimes I'll go into those areas and, and I'll observe myself doing it, but yeah. And it's like, there is, there's just this romance to it or something. Like, I feel like I'll never be bored again at this point, but when I do get a little too deep or I'm feeling heavy, I just, it's all about recentering and coming back over and over again to what we know works, whether it be the floating or the meditation. Right. Well, that's the thing that you got to realize that first to be able to get to that space. Otherwise you're swimming in a, a fear of, I think depression is a more of a past thing and anxiety obviously is like, Oh, what's coming around the corner that's going to get me next. Mm-hmm. You're, it's fear-based so depression is more like you're you've, i'm sure you've heard the the deep resting your the character you've been playing have you ever heard uh-huh. that before uh-huh yeah yeah uh, uh, jim carrey takes it as his own but somebody else actually said it mm-hmm. um but that's yeah so the depression's about the past and the anxiety is about the future and until you get into that space of through meditation one way or the other m- mushrooms i don't know god's grace yeah. But you have to, but you have to get there first, and then you're like, oh, it's a possibility for me. It does exist. It's not doom and gloom, um, yeah. and it'll be better. So optimism is is yes, definitely where I'm at. Yeah, it's the truth. I think love is the truth. Oh, it is the truth. And I just appreciate you, and I appreciate these conversations so much. I I really thrive. Yeah. Well, um, thrive off of this. So I, well, I, yeah. Thank you. I don't. Uh, I'm not serious at all. I don't care, and I just do what makes me happy, and I find interesting. I'm glad that it, I really, honestly, can't believe anybody likes it because <laughs> it's so out the, out there sometimes. It, oh, it is, but it's so good, and you're just so good at it. Like your stories are I just I die laughing sometimes. I'm I just, never know how it's taken, um, but yeah. I know I I know I can listen to myself, and I, I, that's another thing. Like people have a hard time getting into podcasts because they don't want to hear the sound of their own voice. 
Mm. Did you ever have that issue? No, not really. No, I, I play back some of my meditations because then it's me just, you know, talking to myself, yeah. which really uplifts me, you know, I've gotten to the point where I really like my voice, but you know, initially a lot of people still, they don't want to hear the way they look on or see or hear themselves gotcha. on a tape. And, uh, I don't think you struggle with self esteem issues. Do you? I mean, not probably not in any other way that anyone else does. Like, of course I have my insecurities and of, you know, but, but, but I love myself so much and, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's something that plagues me. Well, that's good because that was the core of all my problems after all the drug doing and not coming and, uh, all the stuff I did at the bottom of all of it was, I didn't love myself enough. And I was very disappointed that that was the answer. I was like, no, it needs to be more esoteric. Mm -hmm. This is gay. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta love myself more. No, I don't want to do that. Stupid. Oh, I know, I know. But then, but when we do, you know, it's just like it's just stepping into it's stepping into what we already know. Yeah. It's just a remembering and this constant remembering, I think. And yeah. Well, you de you definitely are enlightened. Uh, probably more so than myself. And I know it's a relative you term. Told me that before, like six months ago when we first started talking, but, but I'm learning so much from you too. It's, it's really just going back and forth. Yeah. Well, I look at your, I look at your life and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I can sell this stuff on the microphone and make funny, cool things online. But it's like, who's actually living the baller life? It's like you, like I said, you look like you live in a, a magazine ad. Yeah. But Instagram is such a cocktail party. It really is. You know, I mean, I know, but I see your life though. I'm like I, uh, on, 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 the, on Facebook too. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not living so stressed out life or you're not putting fear out into the universe or, you know yeah, what I mean? I would say, I would say that, but you know, but I have my own inner demons and thoughts that right. I would never want anyone knowing. Well, that's know? another thing I've learned over the past year is, yeah, I can see people that look like they are just the greatest thing in the world on the outside. Beautiful. looks like they got it together. Got a bunch of money. Oh my good God. Is it a dumpster fire on the inside? Mm. So people can hide that really well. Mm -hmm. so that's another yeah. thing I, I think about all the time it's like wait a minute i might not have all these other things going for me in the material world which really are kind of pointless a lot of times and meaningless and temporary but man i got the thing that really matters and i always pray to god like please don't let me have a head injury that takes me out of the space of remembering right even when i'm not breathing or doing psychedelics please let me remember you know because god forbid you forget all the stuff you've learned and you're like just uh, you know, unconscious idiot again. Because mm. I think that happens with people. Like, I, I think it can be taken away in a lifetime. You know, I, I don't, I haven't experienced that, but I do sometimes fall back into my ego and, of you know, course. pretty hard. Multiple times a day, I'll catch myself. Yeah. You know, but I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever about getting to some place. I think that it is this constant rerouting through life and then things happen and then we reroute. And it yeah, gets that's the thing. As soon as you get comfortable, the bottom falls out again. Yeah. But then it gets a little bit easier from in my, you know, the pendulum swings a little bit less, you know, it's like, instead of these. Huge oh yeah. Oh no, definitely. That's a way to, Oh God, that's so that's such a good way to put it. And, and I yeah. think that all the time it's like, you're trying to peter out your karma and you're trying to make the waveform less um, up and down, like met less, um, like more flat. You're trying to flatten out the curve. Yeah. Just kind of like 
finding that neutral the place. stillness yeah yeah and you know what i mean like it's a crash there's not if we're literally thinking about stillness you're not gonna have waves and so a wave form i think about like a wave form of like ups and downs because i always tell people i'm like look man it just seems to be the case if you're gonna have an energetic high that's great but it seems like there's always the inverse but the good thing is if you're having a very bad low if my theory is true, inversely, a, a very high high is coming. But the problem is you keep ping-ponging back and forth between extreme situations. And that, I think that's what's happened with someone like a rock star, right? You go out there and you get the high of the ego trip of being adulated and loved and people singing your songs. And it's crowds and crowds of people. And then you leave the stage if you can't, you don't have that energy anymore. And that's where the drugs come in, the escapism. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to replicate that energy that is impossible to to, to replicate. Um, so that's, I think, what happens with, with that energetically. But yeah, it's... Uh, well, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah. And also just what it's doing to the nervous system too. It's just like, I think that we really were beings that really... Um, our, our most functional kind of in this like kind of neutral place. Yeah. Well, no, we really but, do push our, our, our nervous system all day long. But don't you, do you ever notice this? I know we have to wrap up here, but like, do you ever notice how, like for, for me, I'll be in this neutral place. And then it's almost like I'm looking for something to kind of like, Oh yeah. Fuck it up or something. Oh yes. I crave, I, I crave it. Yeah. I think I do too, which is kind of fucked up though, where it's, and this is where I'm, I'm wanting to move. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I've made, well, here's the thing. I've made peace with, and it was an epiphany I had an answer or something. It was like, okay, it doesn't matter if this is the last life you're going to live or you got 10 million more to go. You just need to be happy now and not worry about, you know, yeah, can you find the stillness or do you have maybe another lifetime of two of chasing down desires, right? Mm -hmm. Karmic, okay. karmic contracts. I think about it like this. An enlightened person is like a fan that's been clicked off. Like if you become like fully enlightened and ready to go in this lifetime, you may have a little bit of karma that is just what you got left in this life. And so the fan's still spinning, but it hasn't stopped. Whereas people that are unconscious and haven't woken up, the fan is just spinning, 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 mm -hmm. and it's not going to stop. But the minute, you, the minute you awaken very deeply, you are able to let go by default, by virtue of just having the higher perspective of a lot of things that you just couldn't see because you were just so far deep in it. But that, that awareness gives you the, the space to be like, oh, shit, I shouldn't be doing half of these things. And that just instantaneously drops. And then a lot of things that aren't dropping are usually habits that have been wound up to that point and maybe lifetime thing or multi multi lifetime things. If you believe that things you've accumulated over multiple lifetimes that for one way or another, they need to have awareness brought to them, or you need to just satiate the desire. You know, maybe you're having an addiction to food or sex or drugs or gambling. Maybe you need a few lifetimes of satiating that you don't want to do it anymore. I don't know, but I see it as like, you have to peter out slowly over time, your karma. And it just hits a point where it really goes fast when you awaken. And it may be a lifetime or two, but at that point, it doesn't matter. Because hopefully, if karma is a real thing and I've awakened in this life, but I die, or, or I haven't quite been able to like leave this cycle, that the next life will be you know relatively easy because you know I've reached a point of like, okay, well, this is the next life you can leave now. Yeah. You know, well, I think about Ram Das all the time. I'm like, what were his prior lives? Because he was in this form, just right. I mean, that's what I want. <laughs> like, I want to, I want to come back if I do come back. 
And I just want, I want ease. I feel like it's been hard for me. <laughs> yeah. I've had a difficult physical uh, experience too. We all have our challenges. Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's spiritual. Mine's been a definitely a physical. That's been my test, right? My biggest challenge has been the physicality of existence. Mm-hmm. Mentally and spiritually, my life has been easy relative to the people around me. I've been spiritually gifted. I realize now for whatever reason, right? Good luck, karma, fate. But here I am. But I have the challenge of the physical body, which is why the float tank has been such a boon to my spiritual growth. Uh, med- med- meditation just wasn't a possibility. The pain. And weren't you in a lot of physical pain for like a back? Yeah, pain? neck and neck and neck back. And back. Yeah. yeah, lots of car accidents. Are you still in that not, pain? Not no, and, and you know, quitting the float center slash being fired because um, that was a long time coming to, it wasn't like it was just having out of nowhere. It was a probably six month buildup of, mm-hmm. I was telling people weeks before I'm like, Hey, I love you. I'm glad you've been coming here. I may not see you again after today. Or, you know, I, didn't, I never knew when the, I was going to walk out or, or it was just going to be termination. Uh-huh. Um, well, what was the question? Oh, but you knew it was coming. Oh um, yeah. 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 I saw the, the writing was on the wall. The question was just, are you still in pain? That physical. Oh, pain well, oh yeah. So after I quit that, because I was working 15 hours a day, with people, not only with what we're doing now, which is talking and having a moment, but, um, and sometimes very deep moments for them. And so that can be challenging, but then you're also cleaning the room and then flipping it for the next two people and taking their money and selling memberships and doing that all day long. And then also having to sit back and create content for 10 pages, you know, but at that point I was really narrowing it down to like two or three. Um, but that's what I like to do. So it was not that big of a deal, but when I did quit running the float center, my back pain almost went away completely in my neck. It was just the strain of that um, was unbearable. And there would be days where I would get in the float tank in the middle of a shift where I'd have a few hours between floaters. I'm like, you know what? It also recharges people who smoke a lot of weed. You get in the tank and it's like your adrenal glands get recharged because it's like when you're smoking weed, you keep hitting every time you take a hit, it's like hitting that button and you're letting a little bit of that juice out and you know, you smoke all day long. A lot of smokers experience the fatigue in the middle of the day. I don't know if you ever smoke that much, but um, it happens. You get fatigued and you can get the flow tank and it will completely restore. It feels like it at least. I don't know what really happens, but like you could start smoking again if you wanted to. I mean, you're not going to get super high because you do have tolerance. It's not going to give your tolerance a, 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 re, a, re, a reboot, but it will give your adrenal system uh, a very strong yeah reboot so interesting well i'm definitely inspired to get this float thing going thank you fantastic <laughs> me too and i lost can't my... wait to tell you about it i'll message you or text you if i have any um questions sounds good um anything you want to promote you want to say before you leave and that we end here i mean honestly not not really. I'm just grateful for, we, I think it's already been two hours. It's been, we started at, it's right at two hours. I think get close to it. I just, actually I, just, I can tell you here on the zoom. Hold on. It has been, well, it's been like two hours already. It's right at, uh, I can't see the time, but I know we started right around nine 30. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, I think I just want to wrap up by just saying thank you. And, well, thank you too. Uh, I'm so grateful to know you. And it's, uh, and, and, and oh, and I'd like to encourage, you know, 
it's you never know what happens when you just reach out and ask somebody, right? And that's what I want to also kind of end with, which is you just reached out, you know, you took a chance, you shot your shot. You know, I, <laughs> I couldn't ever even saw your message, but you know, I truly meant, I truly know that people that are supposed to meet and talk uh, energetically, they just, they just somehow or another connect. So I encourage people, don't be afraid. Like, like reading Steve Jobs biography, like one of the big takeaways was just ask, it's, don't be afraid to ask in life. Because I will like literally, as long as you are just like, I got, you got to be something. I got to be able to talk about something with you, but I'll pretty much say yes to any podcast, whether it's on my show or definitely somebody else's. I, I try to, you know, so don't be afraid to ask. And you are a byproduct of that. You weren't afraid to ask. So thank well, you. And I for, felt like you're this man across the country. I don't really have anything to lose, but, um, I know, but, but it's, it's kind of my nature anyway. I know, but still, I mean, you, but the point is this, I always tell people I'm not afraid of being rejected because logically you're going to end up in the same place you started. Yes. You're going to have to go through potentially yeah. feeling rejected, but I don't give a shit about that. There's no fear or shame. So it's like, wait a minute. If I, if I don't say anything, then there's no possibility that anything happens ever. But right. if I do say something, there's a possibility that something could happen. I could be this person's friend or girlfriend, or we could be a business partner or whatever. And so it goes. And so, yes, I applaud you for your courage. And yeah, you actually are the inspiration for that one episode I did for the people that are true followers of this podcast, the not camel toe, camel pose, <laughs> <laughs> camel pose. Yeah. Episode. So, Such a good one. Well, it's, uh, thank you so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. The podcast is return to source. It's on iTunes and probably Spotify too, right? Not yet, but I'm going to get it on Spotify and I'm going to record a lot more meditations in the next year. So, All right. Well, we will be returning to you hopefully very soon with a float tank update. Yeah. We look forward to that. I guess the official sponsor of this episode will be, what is it? Uh, Reboot in San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. Jackie, Jackie Paisel, uh, Return to Source podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You're definitely enlightened. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I love this. You're welcome.